This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, a couple of weeks ago, uh, music artist Lauren Daigle was uh, asked a question in an interview about homosexuality and specifically is homosexuality a sin and uh, her response her answer uh, created a lot of controversy uh, and most of that played out online as people looked at listened to responded to wrote articles or tweets or whatever uh, about her answer and her comment some uh, obviously disagreeing with her some offending defending her um, and I, I don't want to get in specifically to all the issues uh, with Lauren Daigle but I really want to think through the answering of those kinds of questions that question itself but those kinds of questions the difficult the tough questions uh, like she was posed and, uh, uh, and and then giving an answer that we can defend and be confident in her answer was uh, I can't say for myself I'm not God um, and and you should read the Bible for yourself and you decide yourself and that's an insufficient answer um, uh, it for one thing the we should read the Bible ourselves but it's not up to me to decide whether the Bible's right or wrong on a subject uh, I don't decide for myself if the Bible is God's word, it's revealed truth, then the choice I have is do I conform to that or do I rebel against it? Not, well, I'll read it and figure things out. Yeah, it reminds me of First Peter 3.15 because in that statement it said, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that is in you. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a good depiction of the state of the church in this sense. We're ill-equipped to be able to answer some hard questions. And we want to answer those questions and we want to speak the truth in love and we, we want to be able to give a ready response and at the same time we're not really sure how to do that and without being offensive or argumentative in a way that is appalling and I think that that has happened so much in the church over the last several years especially regarding homosexuality that it seems like if we say anything at all then we're just picking on a group being offensive and bashing people and the reality is that's not true the centrality of the truth of the gospel is is seeking and honoring and speaking of Christ and his deep love for people. Yeah. And so our sinful nature that is affected when we are in relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to cause us to change and conform more to his likeness, more understanding of his word out of a loving relationship yeah. as opposed to just making an argument because you don't like a particular thing. No, this is about 
honoring God. Yeah. This is about honoring Christ. And it doesn't matter what the subject is, it still has to fall under the submission of how can we best represent who he is. Yeah, uh, the the beginning of that verse, First Peter 3.15 that you referenced, uh, the idea of sanctifying Christ as Lord of your heart uh, sets the stage for the ability to answer to to be ready to speak of the hope that's in you if if you've sanctified Christ as Lord in your heart then you're going to respond the way Christ responded so you'll speak the truth that he would speak and you'll speak it in the way he would speak it and mm-hmm. and, and you'll you'll adjust your your answer and your attitude and your posture to the people that you're speaking with and uh, so much of the time it's portrayed uh in media and 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 I think there's been legitimate reason that this has happened because there's examples of it but kind of the Christian posture toward uh, the sin of the day mm-hmm. uh, this happened to be homosexuality was the question is this ranting and this screaming and holding up signs and calling people names yes and so I think I think our young Christians see that mm-hmm. and go I don't want to be in that camp that's not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm reading my Bible and that's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so they get caught in this position of if I answer like that group would answer, then this person that I'm talking to, that I've built a relationship with, that maybe I even love and care about already, that is a homosexual or is living with their boyfriend or girlfriend or is considering abortion or whatever. Right, and and they're sitting there with them, going, "I don't want them to do that because I think it's against God and the Bible." But I don't want to answer like that group because I don't think that's Jesus either. And they're caught in this in between of, "What do I do? How do I answer? Can I say, hey, the Bible disagrees with that without them categorizing me as a picket holder and a and a screamer?" <laughs> You know, I, I think they're in a hard place. Yeah, and I think one of the ways that we can negate that, that we can, that we can alleviate some of those pressures of feeling that way, is just being prepared and preparing our students in asking good questions mm-hmm. and being conversational, in in a sense that they're not coming with some kind of condemnation Mm -hmm. but they're coming explaining why the world functions the way that it does and why this would be the most reasonable and and why it lines up biblically with god's word and and we're really not doing those things i mean when we when we think about this and just take this particular question if i'm talking to my students which training students on a regular basis they ask these questions and in fact i some of my younger students even ask this question because they're struggling with maybe a family member that has acknowledged that they want to participate in a gay lifestyle Mm -hmm. and so they're trying to figure out what does that mean as far as the relationship with christianity and so some of the things that we can think about and and we can ask are if they're proclaiming to be a Christian, it's one thing. If they're not proclaiming to be a Christian, you know, you may be at a different starting point. Right. I'm going to be with the one who is proclaiming to be a Christian in the first case. Okay. In this first case, I, I three things we can look at. One, 
the the physical body of man and woman the way god created them to right. make one and and he proclaims that throughout the scripture right man right. and woman will come together and they will make one two man and woman can together come together and have children now if it's not a man and a woman and you say well a man and a man can do it or a woman and a woman can do it through adoption or some other way yeah they can but right. they still have to go through some outside force. Right. The created design. Yeah. And then lastly, I think one of the most important is just the example of Christ in the church. Yeah. It gives us representation of Christ in the church. And so we want to look at Scripture and ask ourselves, how, how did Jesus look at these things? And then what does the Bible say about them? And there's a really good article regarding Stand to Reason. It's called Homosexuality, Know the Truth, and Speak It with Compassion. Mm -hmm. And they give some answers of how you can kind of walk through a little bit of this information by knowing the truth, by speaking with compassion. So talking about equipping the church just in general to have the conversation, we got to start. We, yeah. we, we've got to start equipping them to be able to be in the conversation with confidence. Yeah, and, and I think that's something we just, I don't think we intentionally ignore in, in the church setting. Right. Um, I, but I do think it's, one, it's, it's difficult. Uh, sometimes the, the settings don't o- allow for those conversations, but we're, we're pumping out young people into the world that this is where they're living the question mm-hmm. that she got asked is not an unusual question that's right uh and she's on a bigger platform than most any of our other church members or students would ever be on mm-hmm. but they're getting confronted with this question uh do you and and probably a lot more personally uh in, in their regard uh, not just is this a sin but do you think this is a sin and um, uh, learning, learning to answer that question, and, and getting in the word is is difficult. So how? Let's let's talk for just a moment. Uh, this isn't the only difficult question, but for just a moment, how do I answer that question? Is this a sin? Uh, and you gave us some parameters to guide us there, but let's just let's give an answer to that. Then uh, let's think about just how do we generally prepare for living life with people who are not Christians and and their their life is bumping up against yours and now there's these questions raised of is the way they live right or wrong based on my context as a Christian yeah so let's talk about that specific one first yeah and I think we have to go back to Romans 1 you know looking at Romans 1 26 and 27. Okay, so if we're just talking about answering this particular question, and we look at Romans 1, 26 and 27, as a Christian, it says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts, even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones in the same way. The men abandoned natural relationships with women and were inflamed with lusts 
for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves due penalty for their error. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we can look at, and of course there are other texts, right, right, that we can look at. But the thing is, is that as a Christian, I'm looking at that. I'm going to have to examine, okay, what does God's word say from Genesis all the way to Revelation? And he, he puts this pattern of homosexuality in the same pattern of anger, in the same pattern of adultery. In the, these are all sinful acts. Right. So I don't get to choose whether or not I'm going to receive on authority of God's Word. So I can understand as a Christian, okay, this is a sinful act. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to a non-Christian, then some of the things that I want to do is ask questions about the best ways that communities even function to right. get to a place of like natural law. Yeah. What does it look like to cultivate a community? In Rome, it's interesting because in one of the books we read for universal history, which I, I teach a history mm -hmm. class, which is like world history, it talks about one of the things that was the downfall of Rome was the loss of the family. Mm -hmm. They understood yeah. that a marriage between a man and a woman and the cultivation of children in the home would be the best thing for all communities. Now, did they have homosexuality back then? Absolutely. In yeah. fact, we see it in the New Testament. Yeah. So why was that a downfall? Eventually, you're not going to be able to have children in a community. I mean, if we just think logically like that, right? right? right. And then the common good, the public health, all of all of those things are going to play a part as well. Yeah. So, I think when we're talking to non-believers, first of all, we want to get to the heart of the gospel, mm -hmm. so that if they don't know Christ, Christ can transform their heart into understanding the scriptures, so yeah. that they can see the truth in the world. Yeah. But if not. Ask good questions. Have conversations. What's ethics? What what builds a community? What cultivates a great environment for children? There's lots of statistics on this written. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know, pulling back to the bigger picture is what what you're talking about. Getting to that meta narrative story, Genesis to Revelation, understanding God's entire unfolding plan, and uh, answering the question of. Uh, is this a sin? Really now what you're defining is uh, there is sin. Uh, even the person asking the question, is homosexuality a sin, thinks there's something that's sin. There's something that's wrong. And so asking the question, so what is, what are we, what are we talking about when we talk about sin? Uh, and and what, what would be sinful? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you're asking me if this is sinful, so you're maybe assuming that it's not, but you think something must be, there are right and wrong things, and you were talking about the moral law. So, trying to get to natural law and moral law, uh, everybody's got a definition there. And so, by having that conversation, you can then begin to introduce. So, I'm defining moral law based on God's word. I believe it to be revealed truth, and you can give some argument if you want to or need to, or ask some questions about how they get to what do you think is truth, and how do you define what is truth. I'm basing mine on God's Word, and I think it's true because, and you can give some defense for the validity of Scripture. Um, but then you can say it defines certain things that are against God's law, and homosexuality is one of those. It's not the only thing. Like, I've done things that's against God's law. Right. So I'm not saying homosexuals are sinners and I'm not. 
I'm saying it is a sin, just like my anger, just like my pride, just right. And you can you can have those conversations. And I think when you can identify yourself, I'm not over other people. I'm a sinner like other people, but this is how I've come to the conclusion of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And and so now I am I'm speaking in truth and grace. I, I'm not speaking as well. I have all the authority, and I've never done anything wrong. And and I think that's one of the <laughs> yeah. fears that our young people have is, um, I, I boy, I don't want to offend and run you away from Jesus, and I don't want to appear as the super authority because I recognize my own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. So who am I to point my finger at you about being a sinner, and 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 who am I to turn you off so don't fear running people from jesus and and just admit the fact i'm a sinner too well i i think too in addition to what you're saying is that our students our our kids have grown up in this culture and they have this idea that has been confused in saying that if i'm not accepting of this person then Mm -hmm. i'm not loving yeah and the reality is that's not true jesus did this with the woman who was caught in adultery. Yeah. All the guys wanted to stone her, right? Yeah. And he starts writing in the sand. Some think that he may have been writing the sins of the people in the sand. We're not exactly sure because right. it doesn't say. But he starts writing in the sand and they start dropping their stones and they walk away. Mm-hmm. And he says to the woman, look up, where are, your condemn- where are the people that are condemning you? Right. And then he says to her this, Go and sin no more, right? Right. He he doesn't condemn her either. He's 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 made judgment on the cross, paid it in full, and now he's saying, "Listen, I've I've paid for the sin that you've committed mm-hmm. and acting in yeah in, in people in the world who accept Christ as Lord and Savior, right? And now." Go and sin no more. So our life should not look like perpetual sin. We shouldn't take sin on and say, okay, I get angry all the time, and so that just must be the way I'm genetically made. It could have something to do with genetics, sure. Right. Okay, but but it's still sin. Right, yeah. And and I think that's a common excuse in, in that area, and it can be in lots of other areas of those discussions and those difficult questions. And, um, I our hope and our desire is that uh, we'll help people begin to think critically about the scripture, about the questions they're going to be confronted with, and realize that uh, the um, the conversations and the things that they will face and deal with, uh, they may be difficult, but we've got to train people to walk into the world that they actually live in. And to and to do it with confidence, to speak from the scripture, and, and to see, don't just paint the picture of Jesus as what well, he loved, he never condemned, and you gave us the great illustration right there with with Jesus in that moment. No, he, he is he is passing judgment. He is also just the justifier. He paid for sin, and then he expects obedience. And, and that's where we have to live and walk, and that's the way we've got to address and deal with these hard questions. We've got to strike that perfect balance. And you can't do that if you're not in the Word. You've got to be in the Scripture. So that's where we're going to push you to and encourage you to be uh, every Sunday, we hope, under God's teaching, but daily yourself in God's Word. So thanks for listening.